The Extra Life video game marathon is coming on October 15th. Extra Life is just like a run or a walk or a bike event, except you never have to get off the couch. Sign up at extra-life.org. Then get friends and family members to give you money to play. On October 15th at 8 a.m., play any games you want on any system for 24 hours. Find out more and sign up. Extra-life.org. Play games. Heal kids. Extra life. This message made possible by Children's Miracle Network Hospitals in this podcast. Hello, and welcome to the 19th episode of the Not Your Mama's Gamer podcast, a podcast where we talk about games and gaming from a feminist perspective. I'm Samantha Blackman, one of your co-hosts. I'm an associate professor at Purdue University here in wonderful West Lafayette, Indiana. Um, where one of my areas of focus is digital humanities and more specifically game studies. Um, and tonight, as always, I am joined by my two wonderful co-hosts, Alex Lane and Sarah White. Ladies. I am Alex Lane. I am a PhD student at Purdue in not-so-wonderful West Lafayette. <laughs> and uh, Just kidding, West Lafayette. Um, I study uh, gaming games and gender and sort of intersections between those two. Currently starting to work on my dissertation as of tomorrow. And uh, that's about it. Well, and I am Sarah White in the sort of lovely uh, Michigan City, Indiana, about an hour and a half north of you guys. And I teach at Purdue North Central. And I teach composition, creative writing, business writing. Uh, right now I'm teaching vampires and writing. Anything that's fun, I somehow work my way into teaching it. So uh, that is me, and I'm super excited about our topic this week. Great. Mm -hmm. um, I think we all are. Um, so before we get to our topic, um, we'll go through our usual stuff, what you're playing, what you're reading, what you're drinking. Um, so uh, this week, uh, what are we playing, ladies? I, I can say that, you know, anybody who listened last week knew that I had a, um, a sick kid on my hands um, <laughs> and that that was my weekend. Um, and then Tuesday, I turned around and got sick myself. And um, yes. yeah, I know that's been my joy. Mm -hmm. So I really haven't played too much of anything. Um, uh, because I did download all of my, um, or the first 10 free games for the uh, early adopters slash early suckers uh, purchase of the 3DS. Mm -hmm. I, I tried out a couple of the, tried out a couple of the games um, and they were fun. They were brief bouts of entertainment, um, but I've kind of figured out that I don't want to play the old <laughs> classic 8-bit games on my 3DS. Um well, you know, hey, we'll see. We'll see mm -hmm. how that works out if the if the next round of free games changes my mind any. Um, <clears throat> so uh, other than that, I really haven't been playing too much of anything other than Sim Social, which I still play way too much of. Um, and Alex hasn't been to her little house in Sim Social in like forever. I was so just going to say, I wondered if you noticed that. Yeah, I noticed. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um. Yeah, really, I haven't played too much of anything. I was, you know, hoping to get an opportunity to play a little bit of some stuff. I've been carrying my 3DS in my pocket for the last two days um, because I wanted to, to get back to playing some Legend of Zelda. But I haven't, I really haven't done too much of anything, like I said, because I'm still not feeling 100%. Mm. So what about you, ladies? Um, I have been playing a ton of stuff. Mm. Uh, I 
started playing a game called Cities in Motion. I haven't talked about this yet, have I? Mm-mm. Okay. I hope so. Uh, Cities in Motion, it's, I don't know, I have pretty mixed feelings about it. I, It's fun from sort of like a Sim City perspective, um, but at the same time, your task is to make transit systems that work for the population in, in really in a, like a famous city in a particular historical time period. So right after the wall came down, you're in, you know, Germany creating mm-hmm. this transit system for one of the big cities. The problem is that as cool as that is, you're still creating transit systems. <laughs> so it's sort of like, woohoo, I did that. <laughs> yeah, I made a I made a subway and a bus line. Good so, time. so I, it's my style of game, totally, but it's just a, a tiny bit lame. Uh, and I have been playing. Uh, I just start my. Oh, I'll say my indie game for later. I also played um, the new Mortal Kombat, which uh, I thought was really interesting. The female characters, in particular, um, they had these not. They're not fatalities, but they're like you know when you build up the uh, enough whatever it's called, and you can release it and do a special move. Um, Mm -hmm. They had a lot of interesting ones, like, one was a pole, she, like, whipped out a pole and then stabbed her opponent in the crotch, and then, like, did a pole dance. Um, Nice. So, yeah, there's that. Uh, And we, let's see, I mean, they're just as provocative and ridiculous. Shiva, for some reason, you remember Shiva? She got, like, way more explicit so that was sort of weird because she's sort of a, a uh, like traditionally more of a like monster almost, right? Mm. And now she's sort of like becoming a sexy symbol or something. Nice. So that's sort of interesting also. And I feel like I'm missing something, but I can't remember. So besides my indie game, I will stay with that. Okay. Well, ladies, I had been saving up all of the things that I have played since last week. Um, I have been playing <laughs> because somehow I get roped. You know when you're an English professor and you guys probably understand this, but in with the minute that you go into one of these like scrabble type games on Facebook and, and you start to play and all your little friends see that. Oh, you yeah. are suddenly playing with like ten people. And you have right? like forty so, games going. Yes, yes. I'm so I I made the mistake. Okay, one of my friend friends was like on her Facebook and she threw down and she said nobody can beat me at words with friends on Facebook. I'm the best. And she only has like a high school education. And I'm like, oh yeah, well let's see, you know. So I go in there. I know it sounds kind of like educationally snobby, but that's not how I mean it. I was just like, come on, you know, game on. And actually, it's pretty neck and neck right now. So. <laughs> Uh, that's what I get for my arrogance. But, um, so yeah, I'm currently playing like 15 games of this words for friends on Facebook. So I'm about ready to try to win as many as I can and get off of that again. Um, I also, and, uh, I didn't get to talk about this last week, but I was super excited. My parents moved recently from their house of like, uh, 43 years. And so that gave the occasion for a bunch of things to come out of the attic that have been in hiding for a while. And uh, I got out my old Lightbrite, which I don't know if this constitutes a video game or not, but I sure played with it because it still worked. And if you don't know what a Lightbrite is, of course, it's one of those like... Lightbrites are pretty freaking amazing. Yeah, I mean, it's it's so freaking simple, right? I mean, it's just like a a lit up 
there's like a light bulb behind this grid kind of right plastic grid and you put paper up and you can put little messages and all kinds of colored uh, plastic <laughs> pins I don't know even what you would call them but we had them all they're in a cigar box uh, all the all the little pins they and look I like didn't little Christmas lights yes yeah I didn't I didn't think this thing would work after like God, it's got to be like 40 years old, this thing. But nope, it works just like a champ. So I played with that. Uh, also, I inherited my 2600, my Atari 2600 that works. And nice. um, I didn't cook it up, but I did open up the dusty box, you know, and <sighs> blew the dust off and the all this. And I had, I still have my booklet, okay, the booklet from the original Atari 2600 uh, uh, Pac-Man. And that is so, super amazing. That is impressive. <laughs> it's fun to open it up. And, not, and this is how you play the game. And these are the ghosts and blah, blah, blah. So I was reading all the old booklets because there's like, this, there's an entire box of these things. It must be like 30 or 40 of them in there. And um, I also played some uh, Day of Sex. <laughs> oh, you did a little Day of Sex, huh? I did a little Day of Sex. I just don't know, I know how to pronounce it. Day of Sex. Because um, uh, I did go to Redbox and I, and I, rented it and I, I played through just a, a, a bit of it last week and um, my last game that I played which I don't know if I'm going to be ostracized maybe you guys will shun me but I couldn't resist okay okay this is my big confession you guys mm-hmm. <sighs> I'm it super a, nervous <laughs> it was a demo <laughs> and it fits in with our topic of the week I played the demo of Duke Nukem Forever. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> oh, no. Why? Why? Well, I have things that I can share about this vile game uh, because I wanted to see for myself just how atrocious it could be. And a game that opens up with you urinating in a urinal um, pretty much... Is as bad as it sounds. <laughs> when you said urinating on, I thought you were going to go a different direction, and I was no. like, "That is disgusting." No, no, it, it it gives you the opportunity to pee in a urinal, uh, and you can see the urine, you know, hitting the drain. You know, That's you can see sort of interesting the, the pee stream. But nice. I thought it was very interesting that the game opened up with a uh, <sighs> reminder or else of confirmation: I have a penis. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, a game of that magnitude, I thought it opened up quite appropriately. Yeah, so. maybe it's good for, for women to play, and then we know what it's like to have the power of the phallus. That's right. It was interesting to pee standing up. Speaking of which, I just read, uh, was it Judith Butler? The the lesbian phallus? No. I think that's Judith Butler. Have you guys ever heard of that? Maybe. Yes, but I can't remember who wrote it. I know. I can't either. Uh, I'm not on my game tonight. I'll, I'll Google it later. Um, but anyway, that's neither here nor there. Please continue. Yeah, oh, that's no, I am, I am done. Yeah, I figured it had to be Butler, right? Um, it is Butler. I, I, I'm done. That's what all I did. Yeah. Well, that's a lot of games. We had you covered, Sam. That is a lot of games. <laughs> I feel like I played more. Did you hear my glass clinking there? Yeah. Um, sorry. Cheers. <laughs> um, yeah. I uh, feel like I played more, but I can't remember. Huh. What do you do? Well, you're better than me. I wrote a list. I had to keep a list because I was like, I'm so proud of myself for all that I did. Yeah. I should definitely keep a list. 
yeah. So anyway, you put that aside now. Mm-hmm. So cool. what are we? So- what are we reading? Wait. Oh yeah, reading. Yeah. Um, I'm reading. This is Sam. Sam, whatever the hell my name is. I'm reading. Um. <laughs> The book Alex talked about um, it was either last week or the week before last, Reset, um, the book on video games and psychotherapy. Um, so I've been reading that. Um, it's actually pretty interesting. Um, it talks not so much about um, the need, you know, like video game addiction or anything like that, which is what you would kind of almost think um, just by the title and the subtitle of the of the book itself, but what it actually is about is um, you know using video games as a kind of psychotherapy or as a tool of psychotherapy. So it's actually pretty interesting. I'm a couple chapters in, um, and and I'm see I'm I have I'm horrible when I'm sick. I don't want to read. I don't want to do anything. Yeah. I just want to lay in bed and like stare at TV. Um, and since you don't uh, even watch TV, and I know, I know, wow. but I will lay in bed and stare at TV when I'm sick, especially since I was sick with the kid at the same time. So I think Tuesday we must have the TV was on the whole day, and I, both she and I were just kind of napping off and on all day because we felt like hell. Yeah. Um, but we watched, we watched, we had to watch twelve hours of PBS Kids programming. So I know the alphabet backwards and forwards and all, <laughs> all and all words of four letters or less by heart. That is rough. <laughs> Brought because to you I by the letter J. Yeah. Right. That's right. <laughs> uh, yeah, right. So and this is the kid who only who only gets an hour of screen time at most a day and usually only a half an hour. So, you know, after being sick and I let her watch TV when she's sick because she's always just so miserable and only wants to like lay on the couch. I think that's fair. Um, so, you know, now I'm trying to wean her off TV because like, she's officially like addicted to television. Mm. It's like, I got to go to the party. Can I watch TV? I was like, <laughs> it's like, oh, great. Uh-oh. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, but yeah, that's what I'm reading. I also started reading, um, uh, Neil Stevenson's new novel, Ringed, which is a behemoth of a novel. It's like 1,100 pages. Um, and I started it before I got sick. And like I said, I, ha- I don't like reading when I'm sick. Um, so for those who, who are reading the novel um, or have read the novel, I'm still in Iowa. You'll know what that means. Um, <laughs> and uh, I guess that's about it for me. What have you guys been reading? Um, I have just finished, um, Bodies, I don't know, Unbearable Weight by Susan Bordeaux, Mm -hmm. um, which is a book. It's, it's a little old now. It's like 20 years old. Um, but it was really interesting. It sort of talked about, um, it will talk about a lot of stuff, but one of the things that I found particularly interesting was the way she talked about, um, different technologies and how they impact, um, different groups of people, like how they impact women or how they impact minorities, how they impact um, lower class people and like so for example there was this crazy high number of women who were who would be like under the poverty line who were getting un getting sterilized without their consent from yeah. from their doctors absolutely you're right and like 80 percent of them were black um mm. and it was sort of like a uh 
I, I, I don't know. It's it's what it's completely crazy, um, the way these people talk about it and justify it. So that was a really interesting book. And then she talks, um, she also talks about like eating disorders and um, things like agoraphobia, how they're sort of like women's diseases, right? And mm-hmm. she, her theory is that she, I don't think I totally agree with her, but her theory is that because women's bodies have always been so repressed that they like take that repression to an extreme as a way of sort of trying to trying to like so like what you want me in the kitchen i'll never fucking leave the kitchen you're never gonna get me out of here right so sort of like asserting dominance through like uh being being really extreme but of course she says that that doesn't actually work right (laughs) yeah i can see where it might backfire (laughs) right um so i read that book that was really interesting and um i also read oh kelly pender's new book I just got a copy of that. She went here, right, Sam? Yes. Yeah, so uh, we read uh, one of our chapters in her book, Techne, um, mm-hmm. and I got a copy of it, so I shall be reading more than just a chapter, but she's brilliant. Ridiculously. Mm. <laughs> so. <laughs> nice. uh, that is what I have been reading. Oh, I've been going back through and doing a lot of research on uh, Bogos procedural rhetoric also for my dissertation stuff. So I've sort of been reading through old stuff. But that's about it. Okay. Well, I just need to say, if you can hear that sort of noise, I don't know if you can. My cat is attacking my patio blinds. Yeah, um, that's okay. We have very high winds right now here, probably. Yeah, so do we. 40 or 50 miles an hour. Yeah, I mean, it's like oh, rattling and everything. Yeah, and it's intense. And anyway, I think she's trying to attack leaves. Um, <laughs> I'm glad I have good windows. <laughs> yeah. Uh, in terms of reading, I mean, like I said, I uh, other than still kind of poking around Freudian theory and looking at news stories, I, I haven't been, you know, plunging into any real hardcore book other than my little Atari booklets, that kind of reading. So mm-hmm. I've come up a little bit short on this end uh, in terms of the reading, I guess. But, uh, yeah, that's my lame statement. <laughs> I'll I'll soon have lots of research to talk about. Very cool. Yes, you will. Yeah. <laughs> For a very long time. <laughs> okay. Uh so our our next question is which been, what are you drinking? Uh, what have you been drinking? But what you drinking? Um I was taking like a said, sip when you asked that question by the way. See? Nice. <laughs> so um so we'll go ahead and start with you. What are you drinking, Alex Lane? I am drinking the remains of a gigantic bottle of wine that I had the better part of uh, last week. I'm finishing it up. And then I realized that I have to get up at 8 and go running, so I probably shouldn't be drinking it. But Running. Yeah, I promised. I, I canceled on my friend like four times for it, so I gotta go. We walk are- mostly. Oh, I say, wow, I'm impressed. It's like a mix of walking and jogging. She runs 100-mile marathons, ultra-marathons and stuff. Wow. Yeah. She just did like a like a fifty K. A fifty K. I know. I'm not kidding, she really did. (laughs) I do like five K's and still walk them, you know. (laughs) Oh I know. I know. It's totally ridiculous. So Mm. I have to roll my happy butt out of bed in the morning, so I might uh, only drink this one glass. Yikes. (laughs) Um well, since as I said, my stomach is still pretty iffy, I am actually drinking um, Seagram's Diet Ginger Ale, which is not my ginger ale of choice, but I didn't pick this one up. I didn't think they let you buy that unless you were over 75. 
<laughs> I, you know what? You have to talk to Lisa about that because I did not Uh-oh. buy this. Uh-huh. I'm just kidding. I have an entire 12 pack of ginger ale for just the, such an occasion. In but do you have Ver- Verner's is the only way to go. Do you no, guys get Verner's you, you know what though? I love Verner's normally. But ah. when you have an upset stomach, it doesn't do the same thing that other ginger ales do in my opinion. Oh, I uh, see. I think Verner's works better because of all the ginger because Verner's yeah. actually has ginger in it. Yeah. yeah. I disagree. Yeah. Less sugary and more gingery. Well, you're wrong. And um, so. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're wrong, Alex. You're right. My taste buds were saying the other one was better. I consent. You are so wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I actually need to uh, probably grab some Verner's tomorrow because this is not going to get it for settling my stomach. Mm. But then, like I said earlier, I probably shouldn't have had sushi for dinner on an, if- empty- on an iffy stomach. Did you have a Sunday yeah. morning roll? Oh, God. Yes, I did. That sounds delicious. We get paid tomorrow. I might go do some of that. Oh, we do get paid tomorrow, don't we? We all get paid tomorrow. Yeah, we do. Not a moment too soon. Well, you know, as the resident uh, drinker uh, in this (laughs) trifecta, uh, I am enjoying some Bacardi Clear with some Diet Coca-Cola. What's Bacardi Clear? It's, It's the clear Bacardi, not Bacardi Gold. Oh. Oh. Is it actually called Bacardi Clear? I don't know what I call it. Give me the clear Bacardi down there. You know, like, I mean, I don't know. Do you uh, order from liquor stores that have it, like, behind the counter or something? Yeah, well, I'll get small ones. I don't always get giant ones. You know what I mean? Like, I'll go in there. Like, for tonight, example, I, I got, like, a baby one because I was just going to drink something for the podcast. So I said, can I get the Bacardi clear? Well, if you drink it a lot, why don't you just get the big bottle? I don't necessarily drink it a lot, Alex. <laughs> well, it's like, you're pounding fifths every night. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm just saying it's more cost effective if you're having a fifth every night to just get the 175. I don't, I don't have a fifth every night. Uh, we, I have a misconception of you then. <laughs> Clearly. And so anyway, <laughs> it was like seven bucks for me to get my little 375 milliliter one, whatever those are called. Anyway, uh, yeah, fewer calories. And I can tell you this, and this is for all the people that are listening to our podcast. If you have celiac disease... This is the one that you want to get because it's the one that is the purest with, without any kind of wheat. It's the gluten-free. Yeah, gluten-free. So that and tequila. everyone can get drunk. That's right. Oh, I love tequila. I, I don't. That's, that's horrible. All right. So, <laughs> ladies. <laughs> News. There's been lots going on in the last couple of weeks. <clears throat> What do we yeah. have? Um, Who's sharing? Who posted that first one? I think that was me, right? That was me. Oh, okay, I, go ahead. Yeah, but I saw that you had read it. Um, I you think, can see what I read? Well, <laughs> you were on it when I was on it like last week. And I was like, I saw that you had highlighted huh. it. Anyway, I am a stalker. Um, <laughs> clearly. Uh, anyway, yeah, me and my fifths of Bacardi. Uh, Japanese video game designers, is how I understand this, are trying to lure more women to the gaming market. So what they have been doing, let me kind of glance back through here a little bit, is uh, dating video games. Um, What's this one game called? Otami? Um, Darling Wa Jin... Genogen or whatever, in which pl- users play the role of an aspiring artist, and the high school dating game Kimi to Nashio no Koryaya. Anyway, um, I kicks I can't pronounce it. I'm sorry, but these are okay. supposedly female-oriented games, and this is how they're trying to lure women to the gaming industry. 
um, which I thought was interesting because, well, it was the gaming industry taking a, uh, targeting women, right? So, I don't know. Alex, you read it, I think. What did, did you have any thoughts about it? Um, I don't know. Uh, sort of mixed feelings, like, oh, we, I feel like we've been talking about this a lot lately, but, like, on one yeah. hand, it's nice that they're, um, trying to reach women, and I think it, I think it shows, um, I think it shows a really nice turn in the video game industry that they're starting to consider women. I wish that it wasn't through this sort of shallow, yeah. stereotypical way. I wish I'd had a little bit more depth, but, you know, you gotta give them credit. They're, they're making a product that people, that people like, and for a group of people who haven't been considered valuable customers in the past, so as a first step I, I I think it looks good yeah I, I thought it was an interesting article like you said considering the context of what we talk about a lot it, that actually gamers were targeting a, a different demographics well, that's because um, a lot of the game companies who are staying sort of in the more traditional realm are losing a lot of money so yeah. they got to do something they got to do something to shake it all up um the one that I had next was a video game reviews in the world of low standards, and and I guess it struck my attention this particular article, in because we've we've said more than once. I mean, I teach creative writing, I, I fiction, I get stories published now and then, you know, and so I'm interested in the narrative. and And what they were kind of saying is that a good game doesn't have to have a shitty story. You know, like we have been allowed to kind of be lulled into this shoot 'em up and that we have low standards, especially for our action games. Um, but what this is sort of, with this article, the way I understood it is, like, for example, one, one quote would be, action games like action movies don't have to be dumb and badly written. So, mm -hmm. so why do reviewers excuse bad writing in games? That's another question that they ask in here. Uh, well, to be fair, things like story, character, and dialogue aren't as important in games, but maybe they are. You know what I mean? Like, why do we excuse bad writing in games? And, and you guys all know, and, and, and listeners know too, there are some really awful uh, game narratives out there. You know, here's a gun. Oh, yeah. Here's oh, shoot this. Yeah, and but what we we sort of slap down our 50, 60 bucks or 30 when it goes on sale at Steam or on Amazon. We are kind of responsible for the shit we get peddled. You know what I mean? I guess. I don't know. I, I kind of liked what it was, the article was trying to say, but. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> Alex, what you got? Um, let's see here. Which ones did I post? Um, not that one, Sarah's. Well, <laughs> the 10, 10 hot video games this fall. Whose is that? I did that one too, but it would be one I thought, you could, I mean, you know more about that maybe than I do. So these are the ten hot video games for this fall. Batman, Arkham City. Yeah. I uh, really want that. Do you really? Yes. <laughs> I didn't play Arkham Asylum yet, but I've seen it. No, I didn't either. Um, Modern Warfare 3, which I am so jacked about. I am already trying to layer up extra sleep just to save up for my nice marathons. Yeah, we're going to both be de sleep deprived that week. Um, <laughs> but, but for different reasons, because you're going to be playing Modern Warfare 3 and I'm going to be playing Skyrim. Oh, yeah, that's right. Skyrim comes out that week, too. That's pretty sweet. Oh, yeah. No, I'm not sleeping at all. Uh, Battlefield 3, Uncharted 3, 
which is very exciting because Nathan Drake is very sexy. Uh, Gears of War 3. Rage. <laughs> Did you think it was funny how many... Th- what I struck me, and I, Samantha I think is laughing about the same. There's all the threes. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah for sure. <laughs> um, no, I'm laughing about her saying Nathan Drake is sexy. Well, I never would have taken her for the Na- Nathan Drake groupie type. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm really not. But he's stereotypically sexy for women, right? Is it, uh, I don't know. Is it, he's, he's like supposedly the male protagonist that has been created to attract yeah. females or something like that. You mean like the Tomb Raider response? Uh, well, he's not... No, because... He's not like bulky and oh, magic. Yeah, he's, he's, you know, he's a different kind of... He's supposed to be a different kind of sexy. He's James Bond kind of sexy, not... You know, not muscle bound guy kind of sexy. That's right, like yeah. suave and like yeah. what was the what was the video we watched where he has like always oh, the smile on his face that he's like about to get into some mischief or something, uh, right? So Gears of War three, which we saw, uh, Rage, Metal Gear Solid HD Collection, Super Mario three DS Land, which looks pretty fun, indeed. It does. Four is a motor sport, four and Saints Row the third. That is a lot I'm of thirds. absolutely astounded by the fact that Skyrim is not on this list. Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty surprised, too. What? Forza Motorsport and the third watered-down iteration of one, two, three, four, five different games, but no Skyrim? Are you kidding me? Well, what about Metal Gear Solid HD Collection? Did that really need to be on, like, the top ten hot list? That's pretty right, weird. Right, before Skyrim, even. Yeah, right. Somebody's, somebody's, uh... Let's not hate on Forza, though. Somebody's... I hate driving games. Yeah, yeah, I'm not feeling those either. I only like to play driving games in arcades. Yeah. And I I don't really like to play them. I only play them because my kid likes to play them. That's fair. That's totally fair. Uh, all right. Let's see some stuff that I posted. (laughs) How about? Uh, I think I posted this although it could have been any of us, it's been everywhere, so I don't think we need to dwell on it, how the gamers helped solve the uh, 10-year science problem, the AIDS. Um, right, yeah. The AIDS virus puzzle. Oh, yeah, they uh, figured out some of the, figured out, like, a, as, a, as a puzzling kind of game, the, the game, but uh, figured out one of the proteins, right? Yeah, that's, that's right, and they, they figured it out by, by folding it, I guess. I don't yeah. know, it's science. Um, <laughs> but in 10 days they solved it, which sort of brings me back to Wikonomics about how, um, these science companies, how they used to pay these researchers huge amount of money to do this stuff. But now you can put a very, you know, a reasonable size prize out for the community and let them solve it. And you get these people who maybe have a day job in biomechanical engineering and a night job or an, and at night, like hack or play, whatever. Um, and oh, they, yeah. they're doing this sort of interesting crowdsourcing stuff so well this is you know this is you know this is the example of the good that games can do right Right. even though we kind of laugh we we snicker at um god jane mcgonigal jane mcgonigal thank Mm -hmm. you yeah i need to go to bed um we snicker (laughs) at jane mcgonigal I mean, because she has this, uh, that's terrible. I, say, I was about to say something really mean because it's not, and I don't think that way about her, but I, I almost said Pollyanna-ish, mm. you know, take on what gamers are actually going to do. But clearly, you know, maybe she's right. Oh, I think the possibility is mean, there. 
it, it's just, it's, it's very theoretical, sort of like amorphous pie in the sky at the moment. So yeah. stuff like this makes it more concrete. You know, I yeah. was thinking about this too, and one—I mean, I'm not going to say scientists are not, but I feel like gamers are a really dogged breed of people. Mm-hmm. Like we—it's about the achieve, like you say all the time, uh, Samantha. You're an achievement whore. You know, it's about yeah. getting. I mean, like they just won't stop until they can break the level. You know what I mean? Right. And I can't speak for scientists. I only know what gamers can do. But I could see like a bunch of people just like not giving up until they could do this in a way that's like they should study the tenacity of gamers, I think, because it's it's real. That's you know? Skinner box logic. I, I mean, yeah. I, I totally agree. But on, this, on one hand, it's sad that they're not paying big dollars to researchers to do this work. On the other hand, we're solving some problems quickly they solved it in 10 days yeah that's pretty remarkable and i think if, if i was an aids patient i'd be like who the fuck cares who they're paying for it you know they solved it in no doubt days. solve it all you know right what were you oh yeah say? i was gonna say i don't think this is not necessarily it's not necessarily that they're not paying researchers to do it there's just so much fucking work to do man yeah, that's a good point. you know what i mean but it, it only makes sense to, to kind of distribute it in any way that's possible right I think that's a good point. Uh, so I'll go quickly over a few things that I posted. 3DS is rocking it in Japan. I thought I Sam saw that. I thought Sam would like that. Yeah, I'm excited because I don't want my I don't want my um, you know three hundred dollar purchase to become a fucking doorstop. You don't want to be <laughs> buying a what was the other Blu-ray player that didn't get picked up? Oh, uh, was it the Blu-ray? Was the uh, eight? Well, HD HD the HD DVD. Yes. Yeah. So, um, also 51.5 million users of Sim Social, which is crazy. Yeah, and is. people are still in, it's, it's like on the upswing, interestingly enough. It, it's, because, on, it's in beta, right? It's in beta, and there are 51.5 million users already. And every, t- every day when I, like, go in to, like, play with my little Sim, I have, you know, one, two, or three new people on my friends list who have just uh-huh. started playing and show up in my list. Is it gonna sur- surpass Wow? No, never. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, it's different apples and oranges, I think. But it's apples but and it's oranges. gonna be the you know it's gonna get up there to like Farmville and Cafe World and the big ones, okay. I think. Yeah. I mean, just, I was gonna say it's not gonna be. I mean, you got fifty one and a half million users, but it, they won't put the they they're not gonna put the time into Wow, and that's why even if the numbers exceed Wow's numbers, they're not the time won't because you know you can only play what is it fifteen turns. Uh, before you run out of energy and have That's to right. wait. It's something crazy, too. It's like four minutes for one energy point. Those jerks. Yeah. Um, Unless and, you buy more. Well, of course. And I think we know someone who's buying things, but we won't <laughs> say that here. It's not. No, it's not one of us. We have a... We have a no, we not have one a of us. Who has like a tricked out house. And we're like, how the hell does he have all of this stuff? We like go look at it every day. Like, what is happening? He's got like a new room and like... A new and all kinds of new stuff, and he's redesigned the entire house in one day. So either he's doing nothing except sitting in front of his computer and and clicking that damn thing every, you know, every however many minutes when his when his um, energy bar fills up again, or he's 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 kicking out the cash to, uh, to pick out his house. I mean, I don't hate if you're gonna do that. That's cool, but but I, I, I'm not gonna feel bad that my house isn't. As <laughs> as as. I'm sorry. Excuse That's me. okay. Bless you. Um, How's, and, what the hell was that? <laughs> I'm sorry, I sneezed. <laughs> um, and then I was just also going to mention quickly Children's Miracle Network, um, the yeah. 24-hour gamathon for charity, 
Um, I know personally I have zero donations so far, so if someone would like to um, support charity for children, uh, the Riley Children's Hospital is where our funding is going, correct, Sam? Yes. Um, well, we get to choose as a, as a team um, individual, well, individually where the funds are going. And I think you and I both have chosen Riley Children's um, Hospital. I chose Riley Children's Hospital because that's where my little one had um, plastic surgery on her hand when she was an infant. Um, and they do, one, they do great work. Um, two, they do lots for under and uninsured folks who otherwise would not be able to get the quality and kind of care that they get at Riley Children's at Riley Children's Hospital. So definitely it's something worth doing um, in terms of contributing to a charity. Um, our team name is Gamers, All. Um, and there are, I think, seven or eight folks on our team right now. Yep, I think so. But you can contribute to any or all of them. Um, and the Suggested donation is $1 per hour for 24 hours. Um, but you know what? Feel free to give more. Um, <laughs> you guys are doing this uh, next, is it, is it next weekend? We, the the, the default date is October 15th, but you can, do it, you can do it early if you like. We'll actually be at a conference on October 15th. So we're going to do ours next Saturday okay. um, on October mm -hmm. 8th. And we're going to start at 8 p.m and run through 8 p.m. on Sunday. Um, mm -hmm. Last year, we did live streaming of it on Ustream, which we probably set up again. What the hell is that? I have really no idea. Sorry, guys. Sam? That was no. not me. That was, that, was, that was Sarah. It was me, but I don't know what I did. So excuse me. Sorry. <laughs> um, yeah, last year we had the stream, and it was pretty fun, because as it got to like 4 or 5, 6 in the morning, we started um, dancing a lot. Oh, okay, sorry, I'm done. <laughs> I'm to go into your extra life website and looking at your donations. That's what oh. it's doing. It's making a noise when it fills up its donation bar. Yeah, but I closed out. Okay, sorry. Yeah, <laughs> okay. So yeah, you guys are doing, doing anything right? to stay awake at that point. So we're starting but, at eight p.m. That's going to be pretty rough. Well, that the the thought was behind that was it would be easier to stay up through the night than it would be to stay up all day and through the night which that was emily's thought but, but if you start at 8 p.m then you have to be up all day because you're not going to sleep, sleep all well you're not going to be able to sleep all day because you are used to sleeping at night right drink <laughs> i i guess just drink drink if you can't drink anymore and pass out and then sleep <clears throat> that does not make sense to me, but I am participating with a happy spirit. Yeah. I can't do it. Yeah. I'll be gone. You're a wussy. Oh, sigh. Yeah, no. I wanted to, but I could. I was kept checking your date. Uh, and, and yeah. So that is all yes. I had for news. There's a couple other ones on here, though. I don't know who's those okay, are. well, I think that's good for news. Our game of the week. Don't worry about it. Our indie game of the week, lady. Uh, our indie game of the week is da, 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 the Binding of Isaac, which just came out, and it is ridiculously awesome. I could not say enough good things about this game right now. Um, okay, so. I found five reasons online why this game is awesome, and I totally agree. So one, it... it Damn it. Sorry, guys. <laughs> Where are your headphones? 
they're on my head, but I'll stop clicking. I wanted to see the YouTube trailer. Okay. Oh, it's it's very good. Um, okay, so it's a love letter to classic games. It has a top-down room exploration action adventure. So it's a lot like um, a combination of Bomberman, Centipede, Asteroids, and Zelda. It is just, like, the, the aesthetics of it is just really fun. Um, it's dark and bloody, so it has nothing to do with saving ponies. It's more in the vein of a unpleasant horse, if you ever played that. Um, and there's poop and so forth. Um, there's a message, which is always fun. Uh, it's the, it's the religious, so we've talked a lot about religion and games on here, but, um, it's the playing out of sort of a contemporary version of the Isaac and Abraham story. And, um, but in this case, it's a mother who is obsessed with Christian, um, television network, um, <laughs> and this little kid and he ends up, so, so she's doing all this crazy stuff cause God's speaking to her and then he ends up, like, escaping because she's going to kill him, you know, because God told her to. And so, like, he's in the dungeon of his house trying to, like, escape. So that's the premise of the game. So that's it's really interesting. That's crazy. It's fun. Yeah. So weird dungeon runs. Um, there's... It's just weird. But my f absolute 100% favorite part of this is that it's random. Every thing is randomly generated. So you can never play through it the same way. Even if you quit out and come back in... The levels you went through, things, the monsters you fight, everything will be totally different. So, like, it, it, it's sort of like an, an artificial intelligence or something. It's very, very strange. Um, and I think that is just super cool and sort of, uh, sort of unprecedented, yeah? It's super old school. I, I gave up my attempts at the YouTube because I couldn't mute, so I went to and looked at uh, Google Images. Mm -hmm. It looks like, yeah, like you said, Berserk or, you know one of those that you went from room to room kind of right mm -hmm. and um the images the the animation looks like an ad, really like cheap kind of animation um which kind of i suppose adds to the creepy huh yeah oh yeah absolutely yeah it's sort mm -hmm. of a mix of animation and uh and uh well i guess the trailer is sort of a different thing but yeah hmm. sounds interesting so i would recommend it it's uh 10 off right now but it's only five bucks anyway so that is Ooh. the indie game of the week. Ooh. Party time. I know. Very nice. Oh. I got I doesn't feel like I got catching up to do because you know I've been down for a week, man. <laughs> I know. That's okay. You could tell us all about uh, children's oh, TV. We should also mention I know I can tell you all about uh, children's TV. Well, I'll save that for the uh <laughs> deals for broke ass gamers. <laughs> um because I had a deal that I was going to mention, but I'll save it for the Deals for Broke Ass Gamers segment. Nice. <laughs> All right. So, um, our issue of the week. Um, one of the things that uh, we've been asked to talk about, and, and it's interesting because we do talk about it when we're talking to one another, I think, and probably think about it, um, is the issue of masculinity in games. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that there's definitely a lot of interesting stuff that, uh, um, especially considering the fact that so, the stuff of some of us yeah. have been playing for the last couple of yeah. weeks. Um, and uh, Sarah's little, dirty little secret. Um, <laughs> but I think there's definitely some some interesting things at play here is to, to talk about masculinity in games um, and how um, masculinity gets represented. And I think that is an interesting thing, right? Because... Um, in the in the same ways that we've talked about how race and and um, 
and bi- female biological sex get represented in games um, in terms of stereotypes. I think that there's a lot of interesting stuff that goes on with stereotypes and archetypes as well um, mm-hmm. with, with men in games. Um, and it may be argued, I'm not going to say that, that I'm going to hold, tr- hold this as, as truth, but in many cases, femininity... I'm playing devil's advocate. I always do that, right? Um, femininity in games is is really kind of a foil for masculinity in games, right? Um, that, you know, in an attempt to depict something as feminine, it is often depicted as the exact opposite of the masculine. Um, and we see that, I think we see that a lot in games where we have characters that are hyper-masculine. We also get female characters that are hyper-feminine mm-hmm. um, and hyper-sexualized in some of the same ways. I mean, we've been we've been seeing this um, in games for a long time in terms of in terms of masculinity in games. That you know, your more masculine character, your hero, your hero figure, is walking around with a huge codpiece, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, right. Mm-hmm. It's, I mean, mm-hmm. and, and that you know, is is always you know is always kind of the 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 way of being, regardless of of how bulky you know if they're if they're ranging from. You know Nathan Drake bulky body mass to or lack of bulky body mass to you know super steroided out um, no man on earth looks like Gears of War right yeah. super yeah. bulky um, the the cod piece is a, is a, is an ever present um, and ever necessary thing uh, in order to depict the masculinity of the character in in interesting ways um, and. And I think that's interesting because it also kind of goes back to, or it also goes to the way that they treat women in games, right? And and the and like I said, not only the kind of the physical markers, but also the way that the narrative gets written in, in terms of you know the implication of sexual conquests, um, or kind of the uh, like women falling at your feet or throwing panties on the stage if you're like the rock star kind of guy, you know what I mean? <laughs> um, but we we get this. That's what I with and my panties. Just throw them around. Who's ever awesome yeah. that day? Right. Me too. <laughs> nice. <clears throat> See, now Who we know what happened. Yeah. Now we know what happened to Neil Diamond. Um, so, <laughs> we, uh, I'm making that joke. My partner loves Neil Diamond and I just said that on the internet. <clears throat> um, <laughs> I don't know anything about Neil Diamond so I, I, I laughed nervously because I didn't get it. <laughs> you did have to laugh nervously nice. <laughs> Um, and, and kind of in a nutshell, I think that the the interesting way to connect women back to um, mas- the masculine figure uh, in, in the masculine archetype in games and then to move back to masculinity and, and specific yeah. men in games yeah. is that women kind of are the things that is, like I said, all, are all the things that men are not. And they are the things upon which men act in order to prove that they are indeed men. Well, I think I think that's society's notion, right? I mean, the sexes, the genders can be much more connected, but this is certainly what society wants: is that categorization. We want that differentiation, right? And and I don't mean to interrupt you, Samantha, but considering that we talked about Judith Butler a little bit before, and when you said that the markers, right, they're exaggerated markers, it made me think that uh, what is it? What she say? All gender is we're all in drag. Yeah. All gender is performance. All drag, yeah. Yeah, and, th- and that the drag show or the, the king show, whatever, drag king, it, it kind of exaggerates gender to a level that we can see 
how false it is, how constructed it is. Mm -hmm. And you can see that in games. I mean, they are like a drag performance. I mean, like you said, it's so over the top, like Duke Nukem Forever. I mean, it's so over the top that mm -hmm. it is becoming, it is approaching a type of drag because there is no man who is that way, I hope, you know. Oh, so, yeah. Yeah, I don't mean to interrupt you, but that was certainly on my mind because, like I said, we mentioned Butler, and I thought, well, God, these are really drawing attention to how performative gender really is. Oh, yeah, no, I agree with you. I agree with you wholeheartedly. Um, you know, it. You know, if well, we'll talk more about, I think, um, gender performance being drag, but, you know, definitely something that, that we have to uh, to consider, right, because we all know that gender is a social construct, sure. right? We all recognize this. If you don't, now you know. Gender is a social construct. If right? you don't, we are not. <laughs> Go to college. We, we are not born gendered in one way or another. We are born uh, of a certain biological sex, and I will say certain because I, I also am, am of the mind that there are not two biological sexes. But that's a, that's a whole nother story. Um, and I think right now the figure, the last figure I read was was one one in ten people are born with one or the other or both or some sort of combination that isn't accounted for by male and female. Right. Yeah. Neither here nor there. Yeah, neither, neither here nor there. I mean, but see, but that, but so we have to recognize that that we as individuals are gendered um, by society, and this happens from birth. Um, and I and I see it all the time, right? Is that you get you know people who treat um, girl children differently from boy children? Um, you well, know, it starts and, the minute you find out it's a girl. And, oh, pink! You know? Oh yeah! Blue, you know? I mean, immediately. Yeah. You're gonna, you're gonna paint the room pink and put you know frilly lacy stuff all over. You're gonna paint and the room dolls, blue and put, right? And you're gonna paint the room blue and put trucks or boats or some other such nonsense. Simply because it's a boy um, in the room, um, and you know we've we've heard it forever. Boys are snips and snails and puppy dogs tails, and girls are sugar and spice and everything nice, and never the yeah. twain shall meet. Um, I mean, and, and this is what we do to our children from the from the moment that their biological sex is revealed. We start mm -hmm. slapping a gender on them um, in an attempt to make, I guess, quote unquote, sense of biological sex and human relationships, which is absolutely insane. Um, so, I mean, I definitely, I mean, and we see this play out in video games. So, um, and I'm not going to sit here and, and, and <laughs> yeah, because I will sit here and talk about it for 20 minutes. Uh, <laughs> because I want to get into actually talking about the games. Um, and I'm going to pass it for a second because I've been talking for a really long time and I know you guys have other stuff to say. I mean, I'm especially interested to hear what Sarah has to say about uh, Duke Nukem. And I think we can all kind of talk about other games too. Yeah, let's hear this Duke Nukem stuff. <laughs> well, I only played the demo. And like I mentioned to you guys before, that one of the first things you do in way is you wake up, con you're, you're not coming, you wake up, but you're conscious in this, um, like a bath. Like, they have the baths, the hot tubs, okay? It's like as if you're in a sports, like a football arena or something, and you're in the locker room. And one of the first things you do is pee, urinate, you know? So it's like this hammering that I have a penis, I am the male, you know? And 
as if that's not enough, you go out then of the locker room and there's other guys in there and their gear and they're all buffed up. Oh, hey, Duke, you know, which besides <laughs> the fact that it's John Wayne, you know, I mean, like it's so obvious the Duke, mm-hmm. Duke Nukem, you know, it's such a stereotype. So you can write on this race board, the gameplay, and there's aliens. And so then you go out of the, the, locker room and, and there's these aliens and you have a boss battle immediately and it's supposedly the the last I, I did some reading about the game it's the last boss battle from the previous Duke Nukem they have you kind of replay it and they're trying to be meta as you defeat this alien this boss and it pans away and it is a TV screen and you are playing you beating the monster Okay, so you have the Xbox, okay, controller in your hand, and at the same time, because it's Duke Nukem, I am getting a blowjob from two blonde twins. Okay, and the only reason I know this is the minute I complete my alien defeat, and I'm sitting in my chair looking at my TV on this wall, these two blondes say, oh, Duke, oh, Duke, and they're on their knees, of course, and the one, like, wipes her mouth, okay, and nice. I'm like, oh, blah, blah, blah. yeah, it's really quite slick. Oh my and, god! Oh, I know. And I was like, wow. You know, you're are you? You have to ask. It begs the question: Are you are you offering a critique of this kind of thing? Are you trying to validate this kind of thing? Do you want us to laugh at this kind of thing? What is the intent, right? I mean, that's just bizarre. And and mm-hmm. I didn't get that far in the game. I, I did read. I mean, it's a demo. I finished the demo. But they said that eventually I'm going. I have to kill these girls because they're impregnated by monsters, and you know, it just seems like gun, phallus, penis, penis. Yeah, I don't. I don't even know what they're trying to offer as a representation of masculinity. Mm-hmm. I guess all that is wrong with what society thinks it should be. I don't know. You know, and, and it's, it's been interesting since Duke Nukem has been out um, is that people have, have tried to argue that it was that this game was indeed social critique and that it was very tongue in cheek. And I think that there there's definitely a line between tongue in cheek social commentary and sexist bullshit. And Duke Nukem, for me, crosses that line. Yeah, I think you're right. Well, it um, comes down always, I think, to the delicate line that you must walk when it becomes between critique and validation. Mm-hmm. You know, the authors walk this line all the time. Like, you know, let, even something like Edith Wharton wants to make a critique of social class, so she writes, you know, House of Mirth. But at the same time, it's kind of validating that kind of belief that wealth is good. You know what I mean? Like, where do you, you know, where is that little line, that little delicate line you traverse? Duke Nukem maybe they think they're being tongue-in-cheek. It was fun to play. I mean, it has good gameplay. But, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, where does it go between I'm critiquing this and we should not be happy about the twins and, like you said, the validation of this is what is expected of masculinity. I I don't know, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's interesting because we see the same things um, in terms of, in terms of, hyper-masculinity in a lot of games in a lot of different genres, right? We see it not only in our first-person shooters, right? Um, like Duke Nukem, like the Call of Duties. And we talked about the Call of Duties before. DSX, the fact that they're, yeah. They're female, there are no female characters. And, and like the Gears of War, where there are female characters, yes. Um, but we do have this, this interesting archetype and this 
unreal, unrealistic body type, right? But even other games like Deus Ex, yes. Um, games like, even if I was, I was thinking about and talking with someone about, because there's a new Hitman coming out fairly soon, but the Hitman games where, you know, it is the, you know, the strong silent type um, who is silent but deadly. Um, but still, interestingly enough, if we, if you think back to some of the advertisements that have been used for Hitman games in the past, um, you know, they're splayed bodies of dead women um, in very sexualized positions that have been executed by the Hitman. Um, and I remember the last Hitman that I played, it must have been Hitman 2. I want to say 2. Maybe it was three. I think it was two, where at one of the one of the first missions that you have, you come to the end, and there is kind of the last character that you must um, execute. The guy that you must execute, whose mission you were, he, it was your it was your mission to kill him. Um, he's in a bedroom with um, a number of strippers. So you kill him. They and and then you are basically in order to. Um, in order to, in my mind anyway, because I'm a running gun kind of, I'm a running gun kind of gamer. Mm -hmm. uh, in order to um, maintain your anonymity, you have to kill these women. Mm -hmm. um, and then, of course, it increases your notoriety in that they've been killed. So that crime goes to the paper, but not necessarily who you are. Um, so there's some interesting things going on in a, in a lot of those games. Um, and yeah, Deus Ex, I think definitely when you, it is very much the kind of sexy, swarthy kind of, um, well, I guess he's a cybernetic kind of being, um, you know, half man, half machine, um, make, and, you know, you know, and I, I would make, I would, I made the joke more than once about what half is man, what half is machine, um, because oh, that, snap. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but that that goes back to you know that goes back to questions of um, that goes back to back to the question of, of masculinity and um, what gets privileged as. <laughs> Sorry, bless you. That's the weirdest sneeze I've ever heard. Okay. That was Sorry. crazy. That was nuts. Like she spoke a different language all the time. <laughs> Speaking in tongues. Speaking in tongues. All right. <laughs> awesome. Well, on that note, <clears throat> I'm going to pass it <laughs> and see what Alex has to say. Oh, and then oh, I'm going to come back to something totally different. I was, I was totally enjoying your conversation. I guess the only thing I have to add is sort of like more, maybe more of like a meta step back. Um, look at this. I've been, I've been thinking since we, Sam and I talked to a class of video game um, designers not too long ago. And, uh, they they seem to express some frustration that the that hypermasculinity in games doesn't get talked about um, as much, and that's something that I hear a lot. And I think that it's it's it has a lot of legitimacy legitimacy to it, but at the same time, when when there's people in a position of privilege in a certain community and um, are getting represented in a certain way. I think that the, uh, the, the work that needs to be done first is to get other people included and represented and, and um, fairly and things like that. So, uh, so I wonder 
I, I'm glad that Duke Nukem and the sort of style of Duke Nukem is not pervasive now and that there's so many other options for games. Like, I don't mind that one of that kind of game exists for the you know, right. 10 people who are interested in playing it. But um, it did do horrible, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I, I mean, I think I think it's a valid point for people to be concerned about, especially like young boys to be concerned about. Um, and I'm sure it's genuine frustration, but I think, uh, I think more, more, uh, I'm trying to, can't think of the word, more hangs in the balance for talking about issues of representation for people who aren't in the position of privilege already. Does that make sense? No, I think, I think you're absolutely right. I mean, and I think that one of the interesting ways that we can kind of get at talking about these things too are, like I said, is looking at how masculinity and hypermasculinity um, serves as a foil for femininity in a lot of these games. Right. Because women, you know, are pretty much, as I said before, um, uh, all the things in uh, women in these games are all the things that men are not, and they are the things upon which m- which men act in order to prove that they are indeed men, and that's men with a capital M. Um, <clears throat> and it, and I see now I have a two and a half men theme in my freaking oh. head. Well, I'm thinking. Um, well, I, I keep getting a little <laughs> bit stopped, and I, and just is is what they're everything that men are not. And what do you mean, like with the giant jiggly boobs, or? Well, yeah, I mean, they, they are they are the they are the antithesis of men, right? They are oftentimes well, well hyper hypersexualized in a in a way of in a way of weakness and not oh, okay. in a way of strength. Well, I think one thing that might help the discussion is if you look at what we ju- we just saw a video on this. If you look at the stances that different char- characters portray, so men right. are in like a really dom- they're always in these dominant. Um, sort of strong stances when you see them and then women are always in really submissive and sexualized stances and well, was, right. yeah. what's that I, well i was thinking of like a, one of those games like an rpg or something where you can dip, you know pick a female or a male warrior or whatever they often are like with legs spread arm you know back straight you know what i mean like mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying like where you can choose to be like a warrior or uh, a sage or you know what i mean and maybe i'm mm, Wrong, but, but I'm you, thinking of the games that kind of give you that choice, right? But if you look at those games, it's like, but they're also standing with you know breast thrust forward. Yeah, okay. Um, the the armor that that you know that your warriors are given is basically metal pasties, and if you're lucky, maybe some knee and elbow covers. Yeah, right, and some kind of wispy fabricy skirt thing that is shredded and hangs between your legs and not does not cover your legs. I mean, so there are all of these interesting things just in terms of physical, in terms of physical representation. Mm-hmm. But then also, if you start thinking about the narrative that surrounds them, uh, one of the, see, now we're going back to talking about men, right? And talking <laughs> about women. But I think even to talk about men in an interesting way, I was talking with um, a student at school today about Dragon Age origins, right? And the, and the, and the origin story of the, of the city elves, right? Um, where, um, you know, of course, the the city elf. Even if you choose to play as a woman, if well, if you choose to play as a woman, um, you get uh, you get taken away on your wedding day, um, and you're you're marrying someone that you don't want to marry. You're being forced to marry, um, even though you complain about it the whole time. You're still doing it. Um, interestingly enough, um, but you are taken away by the humans. Um, your cousin is gang raped. 
Mm-hmm. Um, you become the the you with the with the aid of of your male cousin. Oops. Um, <laughs> cheers. Cheers. With your cheers. male cousin and your husband to be. Um, escape uh, and takes and takes some of the women um, who have been captured with you home. And the interesting thing is, is not necessarily that playoff, but, but the fact that once you get home, your cousin who has been gang raped is basically like, Oh, don't tell anybody. We'll just pretend it didn't happen. <laughs> and, wow. You know, and I'm like, wait, you know, that, that in and of itself is extremely problematic. So, you know, here we have the men who are in many ways, you know, some may say are, 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 are forced to act with a female character, the character that you play if you choose a female um, elf, elf um, in order to save the women, um, but can't effectively save the women. Um, and, 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 well, this game's so old, it's not really a spoiler. Your husband-to-be, because he doesn't say, he can't save the women, and, and basically you save yourself, is rewarded with death. He dies before you even get out of the castle where you're trying to escape. Um, and, and, you know, because he can't, he can't protect his woman. He has no reason to live. Right. I mean, so there's there's all kinds of interesting stuff is going on. And, you know, to go back to that, I'm still really bugged by the fact that the cousin gets gang raped and she's like, oh, we're just going to ignore it. No, I want her to like go crazy badass, throw on some real armor and go out and kill every human man she runs across. Um, (laughs) Because that would be the headspace that you would think she would be in if she were indeed, you know, from this. Right. You know, well, not necessarily that all women would be in that space, but in in this context, right? Yeah. Well, articles that I posted was Mountains of Men. You guys mentioned it's mythology of the male body and talking about all the different things. And one of the little offshoot articles is called Boys Get Naked Better Than Girls. And, of course, they mentioned Kratos from God of War. Yeah. Mm. And when you were talking about how the women were dressed with their pasties, I, I couldn't help but think of Kratos because... He is pretty much naked too, except for like a loincloth or something. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, like, you do see that as well the ripped abs, the athletic Absolutely. physique, you know, the, the, the nudity again, because it's about enjoying the idealized body. I don't know. I mean, and, and I understand, and I agree with you wholeheartedly, yeah. but I think for, for characters like Kratos, that is not about sexualizing Kratos, but about but about demonstrating his sexual his sexual prowess and his sexual power which is not what is not is not the way women are portrayed in my view yeah well i mean okay i, I mean, mean we've got <laughs> sex mini games we've got you know yeah. he's sexualized all, all though these really kind of sexualized killings I did not disagree with you. I said he was sexualized, but I said yeah. it is not the same kind of sexualization. It is not the sexualization that weakens you. It is not the kind of sexualization that makes you an object. It is the kind of sexualization that makes you an actor. It, it is very on, much. He it depends is on the phallus. Yeah. I mean, it depends look at Kratos. The, He's a big penis. <laughs> well, <laughs> what I'm going to say to Samantha here as a devil advocate, I guess, is I'm going to say it depends on the gaze. I mean, through the male gaze, through the gay male gaze, he is very much sexualized. You know, I mean, I don't, I don't know through the gamer. I mean, 
it's but the he, assumption that it's a it's a straight game. Even if you even if you talk about the gay male gaze, Kratos is not gonna. It, Kratos is not a bottom. He is still well, acting well, upon. Yeah. yeah, but some not all gay guys want the bottom, right? I mean, you know. I, I understand what you're saying, but that's not the point. We're talking about who Kratos is and what Kratos does and, and what his narrative builds. So, I mean, it, it, so he is sexualized, but not in a way that is depicted as weakness. Because if he were depicted as the male bottom, then that would be weakness. And, the, and, and he would be very much a different character. In this narrative, right? In this construct. Not that, that, not that bottoms are weak. But in this construct, that would be weakness. And he is not. But we do see some video game male characters that are sort of gender benders. I mean, we do have those people that occupy the space between. Sure. Outside of outside of Japanese RPGs, where do you see a gender bend, gender bending or queer male character who is not weak? Who's not? Well, I mean, I was thinking maybe outside of, of the gay um, RPG. All right. Well, all right. All right. I'm thinking of. Um, uh, God, I can't think what the hell it's called now. But it's the one we all played with the with the demons and uh, shit. Enoch, the Enoch game, Japanese. Um, what oh. about uh, the uh, Blood Elves in WoW? You see them as being gender bended. Well, I don't. I think they you occupy a very different role than the Tauren or the the uh, other other races. Mm-hmm. I don't know of gender bending, but. It's a different depiction of males that isn't ma a masculine one, right? That is well, no. I mean, look at the body type. They're very broad-shouldered, thin-waisted. It is very James Bondy. I suppose too. That is sort of like the new image of masculinity for a lot of younger the, kids that I see James, too. It's the new James 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 Bond. What's his name? Daniel Craig. Mm -hmm. In his little sexy speedo coming out of the water. Yeah, he's totally sexualized in that picture. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna, I haven't looked at a blood elf in a while, so I'm going to bring up an image here. Yeah, you got a good point. In all the uh, fan <laughs> art, the, uh, the blood elf males are huge and like standing over the blood elf women who are very small. Absolutely. I mean, you know, I don't know. He, he sort of fit, they sort of fit into like the vampire, um, vampire type of guy too. You know, like the Twilight guys. That's sort of a different... I'm sorry, I'm getting way off track. Anywho. The gothy guy? No, I mean, I guess what I was trying to say is... I mean, of course we... Of, I mean, I don't know. We've talked about this before, about essentializing. So I can't say that it's because, well, we're women. Maybe we don't see it as men see it. But uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I just think it's interesting to take a look at these these hulky men. So you're you saying know, they, they aren't portrayed in a, in a, a position of dominance? The Hulky, the Hulky men? Is, yeah, is that what you're... Me? No, what I'm saying is that they're being portrayed... They're, I, I'm arguing they're, that they're being sexualized. Samantha's saying they're not being sexualized, no, sexualized not per se. Saying. Well, wait a minute. Per se, but that they are being portrayed as dominant sexuality. Right? Like, it's being sexualized, but it's a dominant sexuality. Right. Yeah. I, and I think it is. I don't, I don't think that, that the, the hypersexualization of male characters is seen as being submissive or negative in any way. I think it is seen as being a dominant, as ideal. being dominant, as being, I won't say necessarily the ideal because that, you know, that, that is saying that every man should feel that way. But what I am saying is, is, is not seen as being, is not seen as being submissive and is not seen necessarily as being a negative. 
which you are saying that the sexualization of women does when they especially when they're the counterpart of the male of the over masculinized male and and I say in most cases I don't don't say in all cases right because there are some cases where female characters are not sexualized or hypersexualized or even I mean and are not necessarily seen as being submissive but in most cases I mean we got to be realistic in most cases they are and even like I if you look at um uh, Laura Croft's the only one I can think of, though I don't think it necessarily applies to her. If you look at a lot of female video game protagonists in gameplay, their stances are always super submissive. Like, all of the Mortal Kombat women, like, they're kicking ass and taking names, but they are always in really either sexualized poses where they're opening their legs or they're doing the splits or they're, like, you know, have these kind of come-hither looks. Uh, what was the video we saw? They said it, every uh, every female video game protagonist... Um, in the vein they're talking about is is always looking as if they're checking themselves out in a mirror so that <laughs> right they're like sort of looking you know sort of right we, we watched um, an episode of the of the big picture um right. on the escapist it was called the episode was gender games um and it, and that's where they kind of talking about that i thought it was really interesting i was um i mean it's uh, a good point it's a great point. It's one of the one of the videos that are suggested to us from a student in the game design class that we that we uh, that we talked in the other day, um, and it was a great point. Mm-hmm. And so, and, and what I kind of want to throw out there too, while we're you know still talking about this, and and we don't have to talk about this because this could be a whole nother. <laughs> this could be a whole nother. I, I think it would be fun to go play a couple, like a super masculinized uh, protagonist like game. Though. And yeah. and then a uh, and and then one that we would consider that's not so masculinized and come back and see what we find. That'd be fun. I do. Yeah, I I, I think so. Like Duke Nukem yeah. and then Final Fantasy. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. That'd be fun. Okay, so Sam, what were you saying? Well, I just kind of want to throw this out there, and and like I said, I think this is a whole another top, a whole another topic, and a whole another day. But just kind of something to think about, throw out there, and then we can call this a teaser for a future episode. Yeah. Um, and I've kind of hinted at it. I think that it's interesting to look at how race gets represented through male characters as well as um, female characters, right? Because um, we've talked about how race gets represented, represented, represented through female characters when we talked about intertextuality yeah. and how women of color um, or queer women or, or women who are of two different, uh, from two different identity groups get portrayed and how that yeah. changes based on which identity, identity positions they occupy. I think the same holds true for men in these games, right? Um, you know, GTA 4 was like, mm-hmm. when, mm-hmm. when I saw the trailer for it, I was like, yeah. oh, Eastern Europeans, that's pretty interesting. And then he starts talking about, um, you know, bringing in prostitutes in in crates in shipping in shipping mm-hmm. containers um, and keeping them at the docks. I'm like, okay, so he's running horse drugs and 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 gambling. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's the typical Eastern European kind of um, mob mentality. Right. Uh, but that is, you know, also kind of you know the the portrayal of Eastern European manhood or the stereotype of Eastern European manhood. We see it in all the, all the GTA games. We definitely see it in San Andreas with black manhood. Um, We see it definitely in vice city um, with a number of different characters with black manhood with um, the Italians, right? Jewish and Italians as well. Right. Jews are seen as being both queer and weak. 
Um, and that is the, the representation of, of Jewish manhood. We see it in, and, and I hate to say this. Oh my gosh. Uh-oh. Um, it's going to my heart. Um, we see it in the, in the Marwin games, right? We see it in oblivion. Um, and, and with characters like the Red Guard, with qu- characters like the Nord. I mean, it is not limited to racial minorities, but also those who are considered to be the majority, the Nord race, um, and um, has very specific racial uh, abilities that are built on stereotypes, and the characters themselves are characterized in a very specific way. And the things that they can do and the narrative that surrounds them is built on these stereotypes. And, and, you know, interestingly enough, and probably, well, I won't say interestingly enough, but maybe unfortunately, we still get this, it seems, it seems that this is going to be carried over in Skyrim. Um, I'll let you know. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, because, you know, I, I have to, I have to play Skyrim for a number of different reasons because I want to <laughs> see if it's there and two, I really just want to play the game. Um, <laughs> There's no reason you shouldn't. It's had, none of the stuff has ever stopped us from playing games, games that I will not buy. Yeah, simply because I am ultimately offended by everything they do, and I do not want to give like money. Like the to beach volleyball the, game. Right. Do not want to give money to the developers and encu- and encourage or condone with my with my with my purchase power that kind of game development. Sure. So right. fair enough. <clears throat> So maybe I'll just go to GameStop and steal a copy. I'm joking. Well, which is why I play Duke Nukem as a demo. <laughs> right, right. And when you don't buy it, they'll be like, well, maybe this sucks. Yeah. But I think that that's definitely something we can come back and talk to talk mm-hmm. about again is, is intersectionality um, in games. Yeah, I think that's a, that's a, that would be a very good episode for next week. I very much look forward to hear more arguments yeah. from you two. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we'll make it work, too. <laughs> right. I didn't have to work tonight. You guys just were just going <laughs> off. <laughs> hey, man, I held back. <laughs> oh God. Okay. Should should we do some deals for broke ass gamers always, here? I always hold back. Sarah and I would be like fighting. Like I know. Just fighting. <laughs> it needs like, to blows. Yeah. Uh, should we do some deals for broke ass gamers here? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Steam. Boom, 60% off Starscape. That ends Friday afternoon, though, so be, be sure to pick that up right away. The weekend deal is 50% off Dungeon Siege uh, 3. and That's, that's at Amazon. What's that? You didn't say where it was. On Steam. No, that's Amazon, dude. Well, it's on Steam, too. Oh, okay. Sweet. So Dungeon Siege is, is on sale everywhere. Um, and then, like I said, the, the Binding of Isaac is 10% off Um also, yes. Yeah, so, so, yeah, Starscape only f- it has thirteen hours left. So get to it if you want that game. Um, it's three dollars. So pretty good deal. Uh, uh-huh. Also, Amazon Need for Speed: The Run is now available for pre-order. Fifty percent off Dungeon Siege Three. Twenty-six percent off Dead Island. And Dead Day Island. of Sex is thirty-three percent off. <laughs> no doubt. Well, I'm glad well, I waited for. I'm glad I waited for the day of day SX because it's totally cheaper. Now. Right, exactly. And then uh, Good Old Games has The Witcher 2 2.0 for thirty bucks, twenty nine ninety nine, which is much anticipated. So nice. That's what we got going on there. And what we have to throw out there because, well, one thing we we want to make sure we throw out there is um, also do um, do 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 the humble bundle. There's a new humble, oh, the bundle, humble bundle launched yesterday because that's got Frozen Synapse in it, right? right? So you. 
for it is the friend it is the frozen synapse humble bundle that is the only game that you get um and you, that you that you get is a humble bundle um part of the humble bundle is frozen synapse um, which if you buy on Steam right now is $24.99, but you can bid what you want and all the money goes to, um, you can choose how much you want to go to charity, how much you want to go to developers, oh, nice. how much you want to go to Humble for hosting um, and pay what you want. Um, and if you pay more than the average, what you also get is uh, the last, the, all the games in the last Humble Bundle as a gift. Which is pretty um, sweet. And you can get, which is pretty sweet. But, you know, I buy all the Humble Bundles. Maybe it wasn't the last one, but the one before last. Because the last one was all the physics game. It was the one before last um, Humble Bundle that had Trine, which is actually a really cool RPG. Yeah. I played it because um, I bought it. And um, so, and I, and I ended up, I bought it. <laughs> and I ended up paying more than the average. So I got the, the code for the, um, for the Humble Bundle. That was game before, um, and 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 I can I'm probably going to end up gifting it to somebody. So mm, nice, very. Good. Those are our deals for broke ass gamers. <clears throat> very cool. Yes, it is. So, um, next week it looks like we're going to be talking about um, <laughs> intersectionality in games again, but from a different uh, from a different from a different point of view this time. Um, it looks like we're going to be talking about 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 men and intersectionality using feminist theory right. to talk about men. I know this is very mm -hmm. exciting. Men are you lucky? <laughs> <laughs> um, and that'll be our next episode. Awesome. <clears throat> um, cool. And so uh, I guess we're, I'm like, blah. So <laughs> we'd like to thank you again for joining us um, for this week's episode of uh, not your mama's gamer. Um, and you can, Send us, uh, send us hate mail. Send us questions. <laughs> send us comments. Um, Game send reviews. Us free booze. <laughs> yeah. Send us, send us free booze. Yeah. Um, we know Sarah mm, likes the fifth. Alex likes so. the cheap stuff. I don't. Uh, I like Apparently, yeah, stuff. I drink a fifth every night. So you know, <laughs> if, it red, if it's red and comes in a bottle, I'll drink it. Um, <laughs> you can contact us at nymgamer at at gmail.com for email. Uh, we're on Twitter at, at NYMGamer. Um, visit our blog, please, at uh, NYMGamer.com. Uh, we have a Facebook page. If you want to like us on Facebook, please like us on Facebook. Um, it's Facebook.com slash NYMGamer. Everything's NYMGamer. I know, we have sort of a theme. Um, huh? <laughs> we have a theme going there. Um, so check us out. Uh, download us. Um, even though there's no contest this week, we'll, we'll have another contest next week. Yeah. Um, there's no contest this week. We'll have another one next week. We will, we will, we will. Um, feel free to leave us uh, comments on um, iTunes. We do like getting your comments. You know, even if you don't like something we do, tell us. Alice will get mad, but hey, I won't. Um, <laughs> <laughs> hey, I don't care, man. I am easy breathing. You know, I'm just a little sensitive. She's kind of high strung. I'm high strung. <laughs> That's too, like bad. too bad. No, too bad. <laughs> so until next week, <laughs> stay healthy and game yes. on. <laughs> Bye. Night.